book four chapter sixteen of the spy company a story of the mexican war this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by john brandon the spy company a story of the mexican war by archibald clavering gunter book four miss godfrey's father chapter sixteen night on the lone plantation before estrella can collect her senses the mexican boy apparently instructed with a whispered guarda has risen off for a moment she's carried back into the past and sees the dying man by the desert spring and her brown eyes grow full of tears at thought of her dead father then her cruel situation forces the present on her she had given this man called godfrey a daughter's tender affection and loving kisses and she feels a big hole is in her heart fortunately harry's missive eradicates a good deal of this sentiment as she rereads love's scrawl the letters that are dim to her teary eyes grow very big in awful warning keep mum as ye love your life until this time personal danger had not been in the girl's mind but now it looms up and confronts her she looks on the great estate this man has usurped from her and thinks in quick discernment after he has slaved for it these many years this man will do anything to keep it that is why he wanted me to marry monkton then he'd be safe from me pondering over the matter she makes a wild guess that jasper had discovered her putative father's secret and so had gained sufficient power over him to force him to divide the spoils this man had to take me as his daughter to be jim godfrey and have title to my dead father's gold that he dug up from the ruined hacienda and these miles and miles of land fertile as god's gardens she mutters then jeers bitterly and now he would make me the bride of his accomplice and so render me forever helpless and seal my lips eternally by wifely pride and wifely duty she gazes at the herds of cattle and bands of horses and gangs of toiling negroes and utters significantly it is a principality worth fighting for for all this is mine and the sweet accents of devoted love coming into her voice and sharps from this reverie she is startled by a voice at her side the man whom she had called father riding up to her says authoritatively daughter i saw you from the field you got a note from that mexican boy her agitated face answers him he commands let me see it but under an instinctive touch of the spur the agile mulefoot bounds away and before estrella is overtaken by her surprised mentor she has wrapped the paper up with three lucifer matches that after the manner of the prairie she carries with her and has ignited them on the pommel of her saddle with her pursuer's hand upon her arm she laughs as the tinder floats away from her on the breeze and feels for the moment that she is safe fortunately godfrey takes for granted from whom the note has been received 
and commands tersely you come right home with me resistance would be useless even if she cared just now to defy him miss scott returns mulefit and rides doggedly beside him and so enters the big patio where slipping from the side saddle she stands upon the threshold of the house confronting him godfrey doesn't get off his horse or the crisis might have come immediately still mounted looking down at the girl as she makes a beautiful picture in her riding habit her face flushed her eyes rebellious he says sternly ever since last night daughter i've noticed you've acted kind of queer then questions sharply you have met against my orders captain hampton in san antonio she turns her face haughtily to his and answers shortly yes very well you remember i told you i'd punish you if you ever had anything more to do with him if you have lost your pride by the eternal i haven't lost my pride as your father despite herself the young lady cannot restrain a mocking sneering laugh it doesn't make her mentor more tender to her he continues now you go right up to your room and stay there till i let you leave it i'm too busy now but tomorrow unless you do what i tell you i'll tend to you frontier fashion but yesterday the girl would have grieved at his condemnation and grown tearful at his reproof now his threat eradicates her last tender feeling for him with every vein in her body throbbing with indignation at his assumed parental authority she bites her lips to restrain the angry defiant words a moment after she answers haughtily yet resignedly yes sir and goes up to her chamber quite content to get from his company for she sees enough in his face to make it certain that a rash word might now put great danger upon her recollecting that to-night she will have wild harry's evidence to make her defy any interference by this man with her coming marriage she laughs to herself savagely it is he who shall beg my mercy not i his and strides her room like an indignant juno soon tenderer and happier thoughts possess her she remembers that this evening she will have at her side a man capable of protecting her from everything save the violence of her own love and reflecting that in two days she is to be a bride occupies herself pleasantly by packing a trunk for a simple honeymoon outing during this towards evening she is somewhat startled by hearing a man called godfrey crying out from his bedroom rather nervously and astoundedly jasper the devil's up someone's been searching all my things his hurried steps tell of agitation as he runs down the stairs apparently to seek conference with his coadjutor a little later probably urged by monkton who wishes to see the woman whose beauty grows to him more tempting with her coldness godfrey sends zelma to the young lady's chamber and desires she shall be at the supper table and master told me pleads the maid anxiously to make you look your best miss Strella. make me look my best well i should think so cries estrella and remembering she is being decked to meet her affianced husband she selects for this summer evening 
an exquisite light frock of pure white muslin trimmed with simple ribbons filled with sweetheart's bashful thoughts under the octoroon's anxious attentions the tears and she has shed many of them this day are washed from her cheeks and she soon becomes as fresh and dainty as a rosebud on her face is expectant happiness and hope as she sweeps down to astonish with her beauty the two men waiting for her below and take her place at what she had once been very happy to call her father's table then a curious nervous meal goes on though the conversation of monkton and godfrey is chiefly over coming crops and the horses they have sent off to san antonio for the ranger colonel there is a current of uneasiness apparent in their voices and estrella starts as she notes in the faces of these men some project not as yet developed this nervous tension quickly affects the octoroon who dressed like a prim french maid is waiting on them zelma's pearl-like complexion becomes pale as delicate china and her plump white arms bared to the elbows for table attendance quiver as she arranges the dessert for godfrey after remarking that some one has been sneaking about his bedroom suddenly asks the attendant in terrible voice wench have you been rummaging my desk trying to find something to steal next chuckles by jinks you look guilty your legs are shaking under you as if you had a fever and ague the short skirt of the young woman makes this easily apparent with her tongue almost cleaving to the roof of her mouth zelma answers in low broken voice no mr godfrey as god is my judge reckon you'll find i'm the only judge about here jeers the old man blasphemously apparently he has been bracing his nerves for some active measure by afternoon libations but the attentions of jasper monkton who towards the close of the meal has drawn his chair quite close to miss godfrey the confident smile upon his suave face and the possessive manner in which he would put his arm around her tempting waist though she repels him both with eyes and hands do not permit estrella to think very much about this matter her diffidence and coyness now seemingly annoy the man who calls himself her father in his eye comes a determination to force this fragile beauty who had once been so pliable in her daughterly love to do his will as he smokes he speaks saying rather nervously between puffs of his cigar jasper has been begging you off again strella i have concluded to forget your disobedience if you do my bidding daughter and what is that asks the young lady struggling to control her temper why you just agree to marry jasper as you know are my wishes and i'll excuse you just this once for running after that ranger captain that i shall never do answers estrella and rising haughtily sweeps out of the room and goes to her chamber because she is afraid of letting her tongue disclose too much here she thinks pertinently an hour or two more and hampton will come and then then i'll speak 
but this inaction is not to be permitted to her a few minutes after zelma comes trembling into her chamber and shutters for god's sake miss strella protect me you said you would when i came here and gave up my liberty to be with you you said you would what do you mean oh this they're accusing me of breaking open and searching master's desk to find something to steal god help me they've they've been drinking and even in the gloom the octoroon's eyes flash wild with terror they have told me that that i am to go down to master's office to be whipped miss trella think of that whipped because i've been rummaging master's desk trying to find something to steal that you shall never be miss godfrey's voice is cold though her heart is throbbing as if it would break through the corsage that confines it she knows now that to save the unfortunate zelma she must tell of investigating godfrey's desk to give the real reason for her act instinct warns her may put danger even on her life she tries to invent some other plausible excuse or motive to render to this man muttering nervously to herself if hampton would but come but she must act quickly godfrey has called from below come along you thieving wench i'll teach you to sneak about my papers and zelma has tremblingly run down to him some remarks about going light on the girl and not spoiling her beauty for the new orleans market float up the stairway to horrify miss godfrey as the sobs of the victim die away the mistress cries mentally zelma shall not be punished for my act taking a piece of paper she hastily writes on it find me at the office with this in her hand she runs downstairs and leaves it on the dining-room table for hampton's eye in case he should come during her absence then reckless of everything but her errand of mercy miss godfrey issues from the house and follows the two men who have already led their victim out of the big patio and well on their way down the road to godfrey's office she has forgotten coming sweetheart obliterated from mind is harry's promised evidence likewise is even banished the danger that she may bring upon herself if by any inadvertence she discloses that she knows she is not this man's daughter as picking up her dainty skirts estrella flits with light feet through the road made dusty by wagon trains from matagorda and stands before the rough one-story adobe building called godfrey's office she has scarcely ever been in the place having had a kind of horror of it because she knows that sometimes slaves connected with household or stables are punished in its rear room the regular whipping-post of the plantation being down among the distant negro quarters its floor being raised but little over the surrounding prairie the windows of the building are scarce two feet above the path outside the night being warm these are wide open and she glances into the front room at one side of it is a small iron safe for papers connected with the plantation several ledgers and a well-thumbed memorandum book lie on its unplaned deal table from this a couple of candles in tin candlesticks emit a subdued flickering light both godfrey and monkton are seated on rough wooden chairs in careless poses 
the evening being very sultry smoking their cigars nonchalantly and comfortably drinking their whisky from a bottle and glasses already placed upon the table estrella shudders as she sees these men coolly taking their ease unmindful of the trembling woman who apparently is in the rear room preparing for her torture for a subdued sobbing is heard through the slight partition mingled with the rustle of feminine garments being hastily removed though she is so excited that the whole scene seems blurred to her her senses are so strained she even notes the odor of a honeysuckle that is climbing about the window and that a swarm of mosquitoes and insects attracted from the prairie are burning themselves to death in the flames of the candles on the table but above all one thing impresses itself upon the delicate girl the awful loneliness of the place the lights from the negro quarters are very distant the nearest cabin of a frontiersman or hunter is a mile away only the gloom of a summer night is near to her she shudders as she thinks what aid is there for me for any one here against the acknowledged autocrat of this lone plantation and his overseer love's warning grows very vivid in her mind as to her ears come those significant words in monkton's acute voice did you notice jim that strella has never once called you dad since we came from san antonio yes and by the lord harry i'm going to find out what she means by it snarls godfrey here the sight of a long lithe torturing rawhide switch lying on the table makes estrella desperately lay her hand upon the latch as the girl comes in it is as if a fairy were entering the den of ogres for the whole place smells of liquor and has that rough unkempt bald appearance common to the frontier far from the refining touch of woman as they see her the triumph upon both men's faces tells their visitor that her coming is what they want though the man whom she once called father hastily rising asks daughter what's your business here to protect the girl i brought with me from new york she answers determinedly you shall not punish zelma reckon a little'll do her good says godfrey she deserves it the wench has been rummaging around my desk trying to find something to steal unless he adds significantly someone else did it this increases estrella's perturbation she guesses that they suspect she has been investigating godfrey's desk and have lured her here on this errand of mercy to coerce her by her sympathy with the unfortunate octoroon into confessing her act and telling her reason for it with a shudder she remembers harry's warning as ye love your life keep mum and loving life very much now as coming brides do for one coward moment she hesitates but godfrey's action forces her to generous resolution picking up the torturing switch of twisted rawhide he calls savagely wench are you ready in there and a scream has answered through the partition master for god's sake spare me he is stepping to the door but miss godfrey is in front of him to him she says holding up a white hand in commanding gesture you shall not torture zelma it was i who investigated your desk at this monkton springs up with a muttered execration and the faces of both men tell estrella that they fear she guesses some secret they will protect with their lives or with her life 
but it only braces her nerves and makes her throbbing brain more acute you were going through my desk mutters godfrey hoarsely to find what though he tries to conceal it his face is convulsed with both terror and menace monkton himself has come a little closer to her his features full of awful inquiry to find what repeats the man she had once thought her father this cries the girl in sudden inspiration and plunging her hand through the laces of her corsage she draws from her throbbing bosom the note she had found this my letter that you intercepted my missive to captain hampton at her words immense relief ripples the faces of both her inquisitors oh hampton the comanche killer sneers monkton his attitude growing more easy though his face is flushed with jealous rage of course i did says godfrey in fatherly tones it was my duty to keep you from making a lovesick fool of yourself daughter he gives a sigh of relief sits down in a chair and relights his cigar perhaps the awful denouement that is drawing about them might be averted for estrella has called into the door of the rear room zelma you're saved go back to the house poor girl and is herself stepping to the entrance of the building anxious to get away from the two men whom she now loathes but at this moment monkton made fervid by the ethereal beauty of this priestess of mercy who looks in her simple muslin frock exquisite as a sylph bars her way and says insinuatingly you've begged the wench off from your father now you'll have to beg her off from me you see there was a fellow named him jones came up to matagorda from corpus christi and he didn't know i was boss of this estate and got to laughing and chatting in a bar-room about your octoroon beauty who was going to gallivant with mr yazoo sam you see in old times i knew yazoo sam very well and he was great at running off niggers we jasper checks himself and continues smilingly but perhaps you didn't notice your wench's didos reckon you were too much taken up with that dragoon fellow young pelham i believe his name was him jones was talking about him too and getting closer to the lovely object of his passion whispers you can save the wench by a single kiss you know how i have loved you since i saw you at saratoga why don't you marry me and make everything quiet and settled on the plantation yes that's the ticket breaks in godfrey marry jasper you know he's the man i want you to take don't keep on your high horse to this miss godfrey fighting to restrain words that may bring discovery upon her says coldly i have already answered no to that question oh you won't give me a kiss very well laughs monkton then zelma shall sing a little song to mr yazoo sam and would step towards the inner room but miss godfrey stands before him and commands i forbid you to lay a hand upon my property your property that's good jeers jasper arrogantly 
reckon you don't exactly understand your position here at this godfrey falters don't rile him daughter or he'll turn us out paupers on the prairie marry him to save your poor old father don't you know he's got a bill of sale of everything on the plantation don't put on city airs child you're only the daughter of a plain backwoodsman anyway but this man's continual calling himself her father drives the girl frantic forgetting prudence she cries mockingly a bill of sale of my plantation from you pish it's not worth the paper it's written on what do you mean this in a whisper from both men i mean that you are not jim godfrey that you are not my father and the daughter of a plain backwoodsman becomes haughty as a juno the lights of the candles flash on her white arms and panting bosom the thought that she had given this wretch a daughter's kiss a daughter's love makes her toss prudence to the winds and break out interloper liar usurper my father died at the rock springs fight ten years ago now both you and your accomplice off this plantation that is mine even as this leaves her lips she remembers love's warning and would seek his words but the actions of the men before her tell her it is too late for godfrey has muttered with an awful curse by heaven she knows and monkton has locked the door leading to the outer world she is alone with two monsters who shock her by holding whispered consultation all the time keeping their eyes upon her as if they were beasts of prey and she was to be their victim she hears one mutter you fool to make me bring her from new york and the other answer by heaven i'll have her anyway from very force of habit estrella's hands go to the silken sash that girds her slight waist seeking for the ranger's pistols but with a sigh she remembers she has left the weapons in her chamber then the two men come to her and smite her with a monstrous proposition now jim to save her life she must marry me right off says monkton shortly yes marriage with you is the only thing that will stop her lips sure mutters godfrey adding in cruel significance except the other thing hear the girl in her terror for she sees they mean by the other thing her death makes a false step hoping to frighten them she says haughtily that's impossible to-morrow i marry sharp hampton at this the two men look at each other wildly they know that if she has promised herself to hampton neither man nor devil will keep the ranger from coming bride driven desperate godfrey remarks huskily so much the more reason you marry jasper now yes mating with me is the trick that will stop her gabbing cries monkton adding with saturnine acuteness and stop sharp hampton too stop sharp hampton from making me his wife when he loves me jeers estrella stop him when he says i am his son in heaven but monkton's crafty rejoinder paralyzes her white lips you can stop him mighty quick he says suavely 
when you're bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh the ranger captain's too high stomached a fellow to take such a jilting he'll keep away from you as if you were poison and ask no questions to this he adds in words that seem like blows upon the threatened one's heart you've got to marry me or be buried before morning don't you see fool that it is the only thing that can save your life whispers the man called godfrey we daren't let you live do you suppose that i'm going to be thrown out of wealth and possessions that have grown in my hands all these years and be twisted from a nabob into an outcast pauper in a second i'll i'll deed you my property screams the frightened girl only let me go shucks a deed under these circumstances wouldn't be worth a cent says monkton besides i want you i haven't dreamt of your loveliness and hungered for your caresses these two years to give em up now you've got to give in my beauty and become my wife right off then the room grows red with horror to the victim's eyes as godfrey says huskily as if ashamed of his own words there's a nigger parson down at the quarters can do the business good enough in five minutes your being jasper's flesh and blood will keep your lips shut forever you have got to be jasper's right now or die right now for a second the horror of her position is hardly real to the half-fainting girl but the proposed bridegroom's eyes lighting up in unholy rapture at the loveliness he thinks already in his arms makes estrella a goddess of purity assailed by shame her face cheeks and bosom grow red as fire then pale as the death that she elects she says simply you can kill me but i live sharp hamptons next raises her voice and cries desperately help hampton help i need you quit screaming or we've got to kill you mutters godfrey already he has one hand upon her white throat and seems to be raising the other to strike her senseless again a sweet young voice rings through the still night air hampton sharp save me then even as her senses become dull and the scene sways mistily before her eyes the angel of death descends and protects this maiden from two satyrs on the trail outside two sharp revolver cracks ring out so rapidly they make almost one report the man who had called himself miss godfrey's father falls upon the swooning girl and the other his accomplice is a dead body ere he reaches the bloody floor a few minutes later estrella finds herself lying in a chair her face wet and herself being brought to her senses by kindly slappings of her hands and shoulders she says dreamily though there is a strange interrogation in her voice did you put me in this chair no i found ye there answers mr love astonished admiration making his wild eyes very big but she staring about and seeing blood upon her dress and the bodies lying on the floor springs up and shudders who killed these men shucks don't get frightened girl after ye fit the scrimmage says wild harry reassuringly 
yer did it fine that feller over there was plugged straight between the eyes he points to monkton and this cadoodler ain't got many breaths in his body he indicates her putative father don't take on so they desarved it reckon dad got on to your knowin he wasn't dad a leetle before i got down and then you gave it to him straight hampton taught yer to shoot the pistol didn't he i'd have done it myself if i'd have been here at this estrella asks in astounded voice and you didn't shoot them no such luck answers love then mutters what do yer want to possum it on me fur yer must have shot em but i'll make everything safe for ye a coroner's jury'll soon bring in a verdict of served em right when i'm your witness these last words are interrupted by a moaning plea for water from the man called godfrey estrella cannot forget that she once held daughter's love for this man and her quick hands pour the liquid between his ashen lips and try to soothe the passing of his spirit on this love breaks in saying sternly roger norton the best thing you can do with your last few breathings is to square yourself by telling all about it roger norton is that your name cries strella and looks curiously at the dying man i recognized ye as soon as i put my eyes on ye roger norton says wild harry you were her dad's clerk who went up with him on his hunt for the grand cavera and thus escaped massacre down here you thought you'd take jim godfrey's place seeing everyone was dead and so to seize on the plantation you lassied the daughter that's about straight isn't it yes gasps the man there there isn't much to tell but still commands love ye put it down on paper strella writin always makes things easy and the girl sitting at the deal table inscribes hurriedly the tale the wounded man in low voice gasps out i i saw a big chance with everybody dead who knew godfrey in these parts and i i took it i became jim godfrey twasn't so hard for six years no one ever came around this place but new emigrants new niggers and indians and mexicanos i i meant to do the right thing by you and would have left you the property till that devil jasper carew monkton came along he had not known godfrey but he thought he recollected me in old mississippi days he suspected me somehow he was aware jim godfrey was a knight of the golden circle he gave me the grips and signals of the secret order i could not return them so he finally made sure that i was not jim godfrey but roger norton that he had once seen as purser's clerk on the mississippi river then he he worked on my fears and got a hold on me and then when he'd gone up north and seen you strella he got wild for you and would have me bring you down so that he could if necessary force you to be his and and you know the rest i meant to be pretty good to you and i hope you'll forgive me as as far as you can 
the poor creature sighing his life out looks pleadingly at her but the girl suddenly asks tell me who killed you i i don't know then she bringing the paper to him half sobs half gasps sign this and i'll forgive you and the frontiersman lifting the expiring wretch higher he succeeds in putting his name beneath his dying revelation then his head drops and he falls forward on the floor and now says estrella eagerly please let me write that you were killed while making an attack upon me that she pauses the eyes of the man who had called himself godfrey are closed his breath has gone what's all this strange palaver about mutters love nobody's going to hurt you for killing them skunks no but i didn't kill them well who did it warn't me though i'd been proud to do it i i think it was sharp whispers the girl nervously tain't possible cries love indignantly or this fellow monkton would have been dead as quick as the other sharp hampton don't shoot twice at a man but i might have been in the way i stood so yes reckon he'd have shot a little high to avoid ye perhaps it was sharp hampton but zelma can tell and estrella runs into the next room putting her hand on the shoulder of the shrinking octoroon miss godfrey asks zelma who fired those shots i don't know miss i don't know mumbles the poor cringing creature who is still half nude in preparation for her chastisement i was waiting here when i heard their awful words to you then the reports next i heard someone in that room kissing you and seems to me i distinguished for god's sake i didn't mean to kill your father but those fearful men are dead and i'm only your slave ain't i miss strella only your slave this her mistress does not answer she has run out into the other room where harry is calling look here here's a piece of paper kept in place by a bowie knife stuck in it and we never seed it we'd make fine spies we would upon it has been agitatedly scrawled good-bye forgive me that sharp's writin straight enough mutters wild harry but i never knew his hand could tremble before it is my first my last love letter screams estrella and seizes it kisses it and fondles it then harry mutters well i'm darned if this don't beat conniption fits for the girl is crying to him get on your horse after him sharphampton thinks he's killed my father and that this wretched blood stands between his love and me after him bring him back to me i promise to marry him to-morrow after him find him before he gets down on the rio grande and throws his life away in some wild skirmish because he thinks he's killed my father and can never call me wife after him and bring him back end of chapter sixteen recording by john brandon